Good morning, church family. What a beautiful day to be in church, to be in the house of the Lord. May I invite you to stand so we can pray together. Dear Father God, we come before you with joyful, joyful hearts, Lord. Thank you that we can be in your house. Thank you that we can experience your presence, Lord. Holy Spirit, minister to us today. Thank you that you are here with us. Thank you that you lead us to victory, Lord. Lord, we want to praise you today. Lord, we want to shout out loud. We just want to be so joyful in your house. We want to thank you for everything that you've done for us. Thank you for your goodness, Lord. Thank you for your provision on our lives, Lord. Thank you for our health, our finances, our family, Lord. Thank you that you are always, always faithful towards us. We just want to praise you. We want to lift up your name, show our adoration, our love for you, Lord. We pray this in your mighty name, Jesus. Amen. Right. Let's praise God. Praise cause you reign, praise cause you rose and defeated the grave. 
singing to the daughter, singing to the son, to every generation. So good to me Oh God, I can't believe 
Thank you, Jesus. Lord, you are the one our hearts adore. Jesus, you are above all, that you are centered in all. And so we just pour out our adoration. We pour out our love for you. Jesus, that we love you because you first loved us. And so, Jesus, we just adore you this morning that there is no one like you. We love you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. And all God's people say, Amen, Amen, Amen. Good morning, Nisla Vineyard family. Uh, thank you, worship and production team. As you take your seats, you can say hello to your neighbor next to you. Uh, let them know how your weekend was. 
Awesome stuff. So my name is Mike, and I'm a part of the staff here and have the privilege of working alongside a great team. And so to get right into it, so I want you to take your phones out just for a moment. So I'm giving you permission to take your phone out. Okay. So everyone's got their phone out. Okay. I'm watching you. Okay. And so what I need you to do is go and like, subscribe, and follow on all our social media platforms. Okay. I'm giving you 30 seconds. So I'm watching you. <laughs> awesome. So you have a moment to do that. Uh, you can go onto Instagram, onto YouTube, onto Facebook. Uh, there's a number of outlets. Great. And so now I have the honor to do the offering message with you all. And so when you think of offering, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Money, that's good. Giving, sowing, sacrificing maybe. And so this is all good, but can I suggest you have the cart before the horse? What should come to mind is not giving, but in actual fact, receiving. And so in Matthew 10 verse 8, it says, freely you have received, now freely give. Can I read that again? Freely you have received, now free, freely you have received, now freely give. And so my encouragement to you is that it's not about what you can give, but it's about what you've received. And so what we get to do as believers is that we behold the giver himself, and in response, we become givers at nature. And so instead of asking the question of what's more to receive, because in actual fact, you've been given all things, the better question to ask is, what have you already received? And that is firstly, Jesus himself. It says that, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. And on top of that, Romans 8 verse 32, if he were to not spare his son, or if he did not spare his son, would he not freely give you all things? And so I wanna encourage you this morning that you have received heaven itself, you have received all things, and in beholding the truth, in realizing what Jesus has done for you, what does that do? In response, we become givers at heart. We give because he first gave to us. And so if you'd like to give this morning, there is offering boxes at the back, and there's also a number of ways you can find in the bulletin. And so now moving on to announcements, and so with a new year comes new beginnings. And so to kick things off, we've got a journal or a diary for you. And so just to make sure that you organize, that, you, that you're fully present in and through this year. And so then next is we have you starting up on the 22nd or 26th of Jan. And so make sure that all the youth uh, join us that Friday. And then next week, we have life groups starting up. And so I've seen in my own life, when I feel disconnected or alone in my faith, the best place to be is a life group. And so I wanna encourage you to join a life group, keep coming back to your life group because that's where community is found. And so then on the 28th of Jan, we have baby dedications. Jesus said, do not despise the little ones, 
And so we get to be a blessing to the families and just pray over the children and pray over the families themselves. And so then moving on to water baptisms, on the 11th of February, we have water baptisms. And this is an opportunity for you to testify of your relationship with Jesus and show to the world that you are a new creation. Can I get an amen? Amen. amen. And so then from the 23rd to the 30th, 30th of March, we have our Zambian mission trip. Come on. And so if you feel on your heart or if you desire to join, please contact me or even Yanu. Uh, unfortunately, this is the last week to sign up and you'll need to have paid by the end of this month the deposit, which is 5,000 Rand. And in total, the cost is 15,000 Rand for the trip. And so if you can't go, unfortunately, there's a way to partner and that's through giving. And so if you have it on your heart to give towards the mission trip, uh, you're welcome to put it in reference, Zambian mission trip uh, in the Niza Vineyard uh, banking account. Come on. I hope you are ready because Yanu's got a powerful message in store for us. And so get ready for a great message. Awesome. created with a purpose, written in the heart of God long before you were born. He is calling you to find it. You were born for such a time as this, to be a disciple, to leave this world behind and follow him designed for a destiny, one that only you can fulfill. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the ends of the world. We want to help you to know God experience his unconditional love to be equipped and empowered to become a world changer Good morning, everybody. Wonderful to be in church with all of you. Um, yeah, always a blessing. What a wonderful church we have. Uh, my name is Janu, as Michael said, and I have a privilege of sharing the word this morning. But we're going to continue with our series on foundations today. Um, Amadi started last week, and um, I listened to her message online because I wasn't here, but I was so blessed by it. And just to be reminded that we have right standing with God through faith. You know, it's not through our works, not through what we did. It's by believing in Jesus and his finished work. And she also explained uh, the difference between good works and dead works. And I thought it was so good to be reminded that on the outside, it can look the same. So we always need to test our motives and make sure we're involved in good works, not, not, not dead works. Amen. Amen. 
But we're going to continue um, today by looking at the next foundation, faith foundation, uh, that is. But let's read together in Hebrews chapter 6, uh, from verse 1 to 3 there. The Bible says, Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God, of the doctrine of baptisms, of laying on of hands, of resurrection of the dead, and of eternal judgment. And this we will do if God permits. So the next uh, foundation of faith that we will look at today is faith toward God. And in the NIV, it simply says, and of faith in God. And faith in God is simply trusting God. I think sometimes we, you know, complicate it and, you know, we try to define and describe it. But faith is, in essence, just trusting God. Um, and this morning, I would like to talk about uh, three things that can help us to have unwavering faith in God. And you know, the Bible puts a lot of emphasis on it. It, it says that's how we get saved, by grace, through faith. It's not just by God providing through grace. It's also us receiving by faith. The Bible also says the just shall live by faith. It's impossible to please God without faith. So the Bible puts a lot of emphasis on it. And we need to have a, an unwavering faith in God in life. And the Bible says that is how we just live. And we don't ever take a vacation from faith, hey? We live by faith as the righteous. But before I get into the things that I believe can help us to have an unwavering faith in God, I just want to read a scripture that I believe will show us why it's important to have an unwavering faith and why it will help us in life. And the Bible tells us in James 1 verse 5 to 7, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all. Not to select few, but he gives generously to all. goes on to say, without finding fault. Aren't you thankful that God is not a fault finder? And he's generous. It goes on to say, it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe. Some translations say, ask in faith and not doubt. Because the one who doubts is like a wave of a sea blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. So it's a powerful statement that James is making here. You know, I would have thought that he could have said it in a nicer way. But he just says there, that person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. So notice he's not saying that God won't give anything to that person. Even if you doubt, God will still provide. You know, God's not going to look at you and see that you doubt and decide not to provide for you. God is generous. He's not a fault finder. But it, it does remind us here that doubt or, you know, wavering or being double-minded can cause us to not receive what God has available for us in life. It can hinder a promise from God from manifesting in our lives. And that's why we should not doubt in life. That's why we should not be double-minded, but have an unwavering faith in life. And we can, and I believe the Bible teaches us what can help us to have that and how we can live with an unwavering faith. And the first one is, and I believe this is the most important one, and that is knowing you are loved. Knowing the love of God, experiencing God's unconditional love for you. The Bible says in Galatians 5 or 6, For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything but faith working 
through love. Do you want your faith to work in life? The Bible says it will work through love. Understanding you are loved by God. You see, the love of God will do to our faith what air does to a tire. See, sometimes we go through life with flat tires. And then we wonder why we don't have a smooth ride. You know, we need air in our tires. And the love of God will do to our faith what air does to a, a tire. But it's really impossible to trust someone that you don't really know. And especially if you don't know their intentions toward you. And remember, faith is simply trusting God. And in life, even as believers, we need to always give forgiveness freely. It's not for those who deserve. But when it comes to trust, trust should be earned. And we can't just really trust everyone. That would not be a wise thing to do. But that's why people sometimes struggle to trust God. Because they don't know his nature, his character, and they don't know that they are loved by him. It's so important for us to know the love of God. And many times people read things in the Bible, in the Old Covenant, and they get confused and they read about curses and punishment and things that God did to people. And they end up getting a distorted view of God. And sometimes we can get a wrong view of God from the Bible. And some of you might be thinking, how can I say that? You know, the Bible shows us the true nature of God, and absolutely so. But if we only read the Old Covenant, and we don't read it in context, and we don't remind ourselves that Jesus came to change everything, we will get confused, and we will end up with a wrong view of God. But it's so important for us to know who God really is, if we really want to trust Him with all of our hearts in life. And Jesus, the Bible says, is the perfect representation of God the Father. If you want to know what God the Father is like, look at Jesus. Don't look at Job. It's okay to read the book of Job. We can learn from the book of Job. But some Christians focus so much on Job and they say, what about Job? I'm like, what about Jesus? I haven't found a scripture that, that says Job is the perfect representation of God. The Bible says Jesus is. I think some Christians should be called Jobians. You know, more, more focused on, on Job than Jesus. Jesus shows us who God is. Let's major on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, the Bible says. So let's major on Jesus. But sometimes people get afraid of God, reading things in the Old Covenant, misunderstanding His, his character, and they become afraid of God. And they read things about the fear of the Lord. And, you know, the Bible teaches about the fear of the Lord. But even the fear of the Lord, you know, talks about being, being in awe of God. It talks about worshiping God, honoring Him. Because Jesus quoted a passage out of Deuteronomy, and He replaced the word fear with the word worship. Jesus Himself did that. Why? Because He wanted to teach us that fearing God is to be in awe of Him to worship Him. It's not to be afraid of Him. You see, the fear of God is not to be afraid of Him. It's to be afraid of being away from Him. But we need to know the true nature of God if we really want to trust Him in life. We need to know that we are loved by Him. And it will be difficult to believe we are loved by Him if we don't understand His true nature and character. But I want to remind you of a scripture too that will show you this morning that we are redeemed from things that 
happened in the old covenant to God's people. Galatians chapter 3 verse 13 and 14 says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. That the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through good works, through faith in Jesus and what he did for us. But notice it says we are redeemed from the curse of the law through Jesus. Not through enough Bible study or prayer or our good works. Through Jesus, we are redeemed from the curse of the law. So when you read Deuteronomy 28 and you read about all the curses that will come upon people when they disobey God or when they don't follow the law to the T, you can read that and say, I am redeemed from this. You know, some of the curses there were called the botch of Egypt. I don't even know what that is, but thank God I'm redeemed from it, you know. As believers, we are redeemed from the curses that people experienced in the old covenant. Jesus came to change everything, and we live under this covenant. The Bible says it's a better covenant based upon better promises. Now, why some Christians would still want to live under the old covenant is beyond me to understand. Thank God for Jesus. Thank God that Jesus came to reveal the Father's heart to us. John 14 verse 15 um, this is Jesus speaking, and in the Amplified Classic, it says, if you really love me, you will keep or obey my commands. And some people read this and they say, well, I need to prove my love for God, and I'm going to prove my love for God by obeying and doing good works. And that can actually become a dead work, you know, and Mama D warned us against that last week. But what Jesus is saying is, if you really love me, it will be easy to obey me. It will be easy to act on your faith when you really love me. And can we just love Jesus in our own strength without experiencing the love that he has for us first? Well, the Bible says in 1 John 4, 19, we love him because he first loved us. So let's think about this process. The Bible says we can love him because he first loved us. So it starts with his love for us. Then in return, it's easy to love him and then it's easy to obey him, easy to do good works. But can you see where it starts? Knowing we are loved by God. It's so important for us to live with an awareness, to know that we know that we know in our hearts that God loves us. And I've seen many people, even at our church, they'll say, you know, this church talks a lot about the love of God. When are you going to give us some meat? And I think to myself, you know, Ephesians chapter 3 says that experiencing God's love will result in experiencing the fullness of God. Talk about meat. Do you want to experience the fullness of God? The love of God is the key to that. If you want to focus on meat, you need to focus on the love of God. And I'm going to say this to you in love, but, you know, if you think you know about the love of God and you don't need another message on it, then you don't really understand this love yet. Because the more you experience this love, the more you will realize that you don't fully understand it yet. You haven't experienced all there is to experience when it comes to his love. Because he has an everlasting, unconditional, agape love for us. And I tell you, experiencing that will cause your faith to shoot through the roof. We need to focus on the love that God has for us. 
But I love 1 John 4, verse 18 and 19 in the Living Bible. It says, we need have no fear of someone who loves us perfectly. Do you believe today that God loves you perfectly? Well, when the Bible says, you have no need to fear him, to be afraid of him, because he loves us perfectly. It goes on to say, his perfect love for us eliminates all dread of what he might do to us. If we are afraid, it is for fear of what he might do to us and shows that we are not fully convinced that he really loves us. Are you fully convinced today? You know, it's sometimes easy to quote scriptures about God's love and to know in your head that he loves you, but do you know it in your heart? Are you fully convinced? Are you fully persuaded? If you are, you will not experience fear and you will not be afraid of God. Verse 19 says, so you see, our love for him comes as a result of his loving us first. In the new covenant, we really need to focus on God's love for us, not our love for him. Will we love him back? Absolutely. You know, it's very difficult to not love God when you experience his love, the love that he has for you. But sometimes we focus so much on loving God and wanting to prove it that we end up doing dead works. We need to focus on the love that God has for us. And it will produce a faith and it will produce a confidence in our hearts. But God has really revealed and demonstrated his love for us in so many ways. And you know, as a good father, he loves to show us that he loves us. And experiencing his favor and his goodness in life is all because he loves us. And I'm sure all of us can testify today about the goodness of God and experiencing his love in life. And God demonstrates his love that way. He doesn't just love in word. He loves in deed and in truth. But God demonstrated his love to us the most in sending Jesus. And it's always important to remember that because sometimes we can look at life and how life treated us and circumstances and think, does God really love me? Why did this happen to me? Well, always look at the cross. That was God telling you, I love you and nothing can separate you from my love. And I love you with an everlasting, unconditional love. But let's look at what the Bible says about God sending Jesus and demonstrating his love for us. Colossians 1, verse 19 and 20 says, For God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ. And through him, God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. So through Jesus, we have right standing with God, and it's because he loves us. And Romans 5, verse 8 and 10 says, But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So he didn't die for us after we became justified. While we were still sinners, Jesus died for us to demonstrate his love, to show that his love is not dependent on our good works. He loves us because he is love. In verse 9 it says, Much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. If, we, if we, when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Thank God for Jesus. Thank God for the love of God. Thank God that he demonstrated it through Jesus. 
and Jesus dying for us. 1 John 4, 9 and 10 says, This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. The Bible is about to tell us what is love. It says, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. If you really want to focus on love, if you really want to know what it is, don't focus on your love for God. Focus on the love that he has for you. And remember, it will do to your faith what it does to attire. And as human beings, we don't have a capacity to exaggerate the love of God. We can distort it, we can even misrepresent it, but we can never exaggerate it. And may you be reminded today that God, almighty God, loves you. And he is loaded, he is rich, and he has blessings. And you know, when you know that almighty God who's also your father, who loves you with an unconditional love, it will change the way you view life. You know, if, if, if you have financial problems, you can phone home and he will help you because he loves you. If you have health issues, phone home. He's the best physician there is. And he loves you. He's more eager to answer than you are to ask. Go ahead and ask, but do so believing, knowing that he loves you. Amen? The second thing that can help us to have an unwavering faith in life is hearing the word of God. The Bible says in Romans 10 verse 17, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It does not say faith comes from having heard. You know, sometimes we rely on what we've heard, but the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing and sometimes hearing and some more hearing the word of God. But it's important for us to continually hear the word of God, to be reminded of his promises, to be reminded of the future, that he has for us, to be reminded of his faithfulness. And the word of God will do that for us. Because just like faith comes by hearing, unbelief also comes by hearing. Fear also comes by hearing. Be careful what you listen to. Be careful what you read. And if you read some negative news, you know, for half an hour or so, double up on the word so that you can get a positive injection into your life. But you know, there was a study done by the Center for Bible Engagement where they polled 40,000 people. And, you know, it was such an interesting study. And what they did in the end is they compared people who read or hear the Bible four times a week and with those who hear or read it less than four times a week. Um, so that included, you know, going to church, hearing the Word or listening to a teaching or just reading the Bible. But what they did was, in the end, they compared those who hear the word four times or more a week with those who hear it, you know, either not at all or less than, than four times a week. And this is what they found in people who hear it four times a week or more compared to the others. Feeling lonely drops 30%. Anger issues drop 32%. Bitterness in relationships drops 40%. Problems with alcohol drops 57%. Feeling spiritually stagnant drops 60%. Viewing pornography drops 61%. Sharing your faith with others jumps 200%. And discipling others jumps 
percent. What amazing benefits by just hearing the word continually. Now, some of you might be thinking, I'm going to make sure I read the Bible four times a week. But unfortunately, that is not a, a magic number. Mamadi warned us against date works, remember? Don't fall into date works. But this just shows us the benefits of hearing the word continually and often. And in the world that we live in, we need it, probably more than ever, to be reminded of God's promises, His faithfulness, His goodness. And I believe that's, you know, one of the reasons why doing Karis Bible College is so valuable, because you're going to hear the word more than four times a week, and it will produce effortless change in your life. You know, sometimes we have beliefs and we have thoughts and the way we think is negative. And it's, it's not always easy to just get a breakthrough from reading the Bible, you know, once or twice. But as you continue to plant the seed of a word in your heart, I promise you one day you will think, you know, the way I'm thinking is different. But what I believe in my heart is different. The way I view things is, is different because it will produce effortless change and transformation in your life by simply planting the word in your heart. But we need to be intentional. And the more we hear the word, the better. In Proverbs chapter four, it says, the word of God is health to all our flesh. And it does not have any negative side effects. You can't overdose. The more you hear, the better. It will produce benefits in your life. So make sure to prioritize God's word in your life. You know, not to get loved by God. We already established His love is unconditional. If you never read the Bible again, God will still love you the same. It's for you. And it's for you to have an unwavering faith in God, in life. Here's another example that I always love to look at. It's Mark chapter 5, verse 25 to 27, where the Bible says, Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians she had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. Then it goes on to say she got healed. She experienced her miracle. But let's think about this woman for a moment. She struggled with this issue for 12 years. That's a long time. For 12 years, she struggled with it. The Bible says she went to doctors, but instead of getting better, she grew worse. She spent all her money, and the, probably the most terrible thing about that condition under the old covenant was you were considered unclean. She was not allowed in public. So she suffered isolation. She lost her money. She got sicker and, you know, sicker, you know, the more she tried to get better. Let's think about what, what she must have felt. I'm sure she felt deep disappointment hopelessness, feeling stuck. Now, if you experience that type of hopelessness for 12 years, it will really require something major to cause you to hope again. Don't you agree? What caused her to hope again? What caused her to step out in faith after all those years of, you know, hopelessness? The Bible says she heard about Jesus. Can you see how powerful it is what we hear. Can you see why it's so important to hear the truth? Because imagine if this woman heard what the religion says about Jesus, what some churches say about Jesus today. He makes people sick to teach them things. He causes tra tragedies. He's the one stealing, killing, and destroying. Do you think she would have hoped? 
you know, you know, she would have been more hopeless, feeling more hopeless about the situation. But she heard Jesus is going around doing good, healing all who are oppressed of a devil. He's going around setting people free, helping people. She heard the truth about Jesus. Can you see why it's important to hear the truth, the gospel, the gospel of peace, the good news? It's so important for us to hear the truth. You know, Jesus himself said, it's the thief that comes to steal and to kill and to destroy. But what did Jesus say? He said, don't get me mixed up with a devil. I came to give life and life in abundance. And the Bible teaches that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He didn't come for three and a half years and give abundant life out. But after that, he come, he's starting to steal, kill, and destroy. No, he's always the abundant life giver. He's never the one stealing, never the one killing, never the one destroying. And always remember that promise. Jesus came to give us abundant life. If you want an unwavering faith in your life, know the truth. Hear the truth about Jesus. And look at the life of Jesus to see what God is really like. Proverbs 19 verse 27 says, Cease my son to hear the instruction that causes you to err. See, we need to be careful to not listen to things that can cause us to err. Any message that undermines the love or goodness of God can cause a believer to err. Let's make sure we hear the truth. 2 Corinthians 1.20 says, For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. Not maybe, not for a select few, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. And I added this verse just for you to get full of faith. The Bible says all of the promises of God are yes. As many as he has made, they are all yes. None of the curses are, are ours. All of the blessings, all of the promises are ours because of Jesus. Not because of what we did, because of what Jesus already did for us. Amen. The last thing I want to briefly talk about that can help us to have unwavering faith in life is praying in tongues. Jude 1.20 says, But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. What can help you to build yourself up on your most holy faith? Praying in the Holy Spirit. Next week, we're going to look at the next faith foundation, which is the doctrine of baptisms. And we're going to look at the baptisms in the Bible, and one of them is the baptism in the Holy Spirit. We're going to look at what the Bible says about it, what the Bible says about praying in tongues, and I really believe it will be a blessing to you. Because if you're not praying in tongues, I believe you're missing out. God loves you. You can be a mature believer without doing it, but you're missing out. Paul also said in 1 Corinthians 14 verse 4, anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves. Do you think God wants all believers to be edified? Absolutely. So that means God wants all believers to pray in tongues so that they can be edified, strengthened, building themselves up in their most holy faith. So please join us next week. We'll look more into that and what the Bible really says about it. You know, Paul also went on to say there in 1 Corinthians 14, don't forbid speaking in tongues. Now, why do we have denominations today forbidding speaking in tongues? When Paul said, don't forbid speaking in tongues. You know, I really believe the devil is out to attack praying in tongues. 
because he knows the power that is in it. He knows how it can transform people's lives and how they can be edified when they pray in tongues. When I got saved, um, I started hearing about tongues and somebody said to me, tongues is of a devil. And I just thought to myself, well, you know, I was hanging out in all sorts of places before I met Jesus and I never heard anyone praying tongues there. <laughs> I know a drunk person can sometimes sound like they're praying in tongues, but that's not the Holy Spirit praying through them. We can just not un understand what they're saying. But, you know, I really believe the devil has tried hard to get people to believe this lie. That tongues is not for today or tongues is not for everyone. Let's look at what the Bible says. The truth will set us free, the Bible says. So next week we're going to look at that. But just a reminder that faith is trusting God. And I want to end with this verse today in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5, and 5 to 8. In the message, it says, trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. And I believe God is speaking to some of you right now. Listen for God's voice in everything you do, everywhere you go. He's the one who will keep you on track. Don't assume that you know it all. Run to God, run from evil. Your body will glow with health. Your very bones will vibrate with life. Look at the benefits. Trust God from the bottom of your heart. But how will we be able to trust God from the bottom of our hearts, knowing we are loved by Him, experiencing His love in life, hearing the Word, the promises of God continually, and praying in the Holy Spirit, praying in tongues. It will help us to trust God from the bottom of our hearts and not to try and figure out everything in our, you know, by ourselves. And it will help us to have an unwavering faith in life. Remember that scripture that said, let not that man expect to receive anything from the Lord because he doubts. Well, the man who believes can definitely expect to receive from the Lord. So let's live with an unwavering faith in God. Amen. Can I please ask you to stand for a moment? And as you stand, I just want to invite you to close your eyes for a moment. And I just want you to open up your heart. Let the Holy Spirit minister to you. Remind you that you are loved. I just sense God wants to set some of you free from shame. You're struggling with shame because of what you did in the past or because of what happened to you. Let the love of God set you free from that. You have no need to struggle with shame, guilt, condemnation, regret. Let the love of God set you free from that right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for reminding us of the promises of God, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for reminding people of the promises they need to be reminded of today. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for your word. Your life-giving word. Thank you for the gift of praying in tongues. Thank you, Lord. 
And Lord, I just want to pray what Paul prayed in Ephesians, that you will help us to understand how deep, how wide, how long, just how incredible the love of God is. We pray for a revelation of the love of God, Lord. And we believe we receive it now, believing in Jesus' name. But maybe you came today and you don't know the love of God and you don't know Jesus. And you've never chosen to receive him as your Lord and Savior. I want to give you an opportunity to do that right now. The Bible says, all who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. If you want to call on him today and make him the Lord of your life, today can be your day. And if that is you, why don't you just raise your hand? I'm just going to lead you into a prayer. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I see your hand. Thank you. It's the best decision you can make in life. Thank you. I'm going to ask all of you, raise your hands to pray after me and just pray this from your heart. And I'm going to ask the rest of our church family to join them. And let's just say, Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for me. Today I choose to receive you as my Lord and Savior. I want to follow you. I want to belong to you. I want to experience your love. Thank you for forgiving me. I am now yours. In Jesus' name. Father, we thank you so much for people saying yes to you. We celebrate with them, Lord, as a church family. We know heaven is rejoicing now because people said yes to Jesus. And we just thank you, Lord, for your love. Thank you for demonstrating your love in sending Jesus. Help us, Lord, to live with such an awareness of the love of God. Help us to focus on your love, to believe your love, to know in our hearts of hearts that we are loved by you. And we thank you for your word, your faithfulness, your promises. Thank you, Lord, for everything that is ours because of Jesus. Thank you for sending Jesus. We love you. We honor you. And we are so thankful this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you raised your hand this morning, please go to the back there. We have some people there that would love to give you a little booklet. It's called What Now? It will help you in your journey going forward. Also, if you need prayer this morning, we have a wonderful ministry team here in the front that would love to pray with you and agree with you in prayer. Thank you for coming today. Remember, you are highly favored and deeply loved. God bless you.